Well, are you there? We are here. We are here. I'm not there yet, though, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you are. You are there in spirit. I am. Oh. I'm there now. <laughs> this, this is uh, this is something. I don't. Know. <laughs> You'll I, have to excuse the dog in the background. He's yapping at a squirrel. <laughs> the squirrel bugs the hell out of me. <laughs> As they do. That's okay. We always ignore Randy. He's the dog in this show. So. Basically. Oh, uh, Randy. That's Randy. Uh, which, I'm Randy. I'm Reg. Is the two, two idiots? Is yes, that sir. That is us. <laughs> you must be from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Us Canadians, we're we're proud of our our tag, whatever it is. You know. Yeah. We own it. We oh, own okay. it. Okay. Hold on. Let me let me tell them. Shut up. Sure. Captain. 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 Come here. <laughs> Come here. He never listens to me unless I got unless I got food in my hand. Yeah, my dog's the exact same way. Oh, he ignores me. <laughs> but he shut up. He shut up. Anyway. It worked. Awesome. Well, let's uh let's get after it then. We'll we'll do our we'll do our quick intro and um I mean, we can do it as we go, but if you're good to go, Tommy, then we we can roll into it. Well, it's your show, so you you lead the way. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, yeah, let's do it. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Studios Podcast. I'm Reg. I'm Randy. And joining us this week is the Canadian icon, the legend, the the comedian, the musician, the activist, the stoner, Mr. Tommy Chong. Welcome here. Thank you. You forgot ex-con. You forgot oh, yes. <laughs> yes. How could we forget? <laughs> that should get top that's, billing. That's, yeah. that, that, that's, my, that's my best uh, uh, title. <laughs> the the people that that still frown upon weed are probably that that's probably their top thing for you, eh? Do you, are there still people that frown upon weed now? Oh, they're think? they're much quieter now, but I'm sure they exist. Well, oh no, uh, they changed weed to vaccines. Uh-huh. That's what it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what it is. Now, if only vaccines were as fun as weed, eh? Um. Anyway, welcome here. Welcome here. Um, yeah, normally when when we have a guest that's pretty high profile, I always assume we're getting catfished until the person actually shows up. So this is Basically, a real treat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, as he goes. Yeah. I'm gonna take this moment unofficially. I have a vape pen myself. I would use the herb, but I'm in my buddy's basement. <laughs> Just to say, it may be virtual, but now I have smoked up with Tommy Chong. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I didn't even ask. I just did it. <laughs> that's fine. You don't have to ask. Shit's legal. You do. You do. You man. <laughs> oh, what I did, I cleaned off my desk, which is a sort of a big occasion, and um, and now it's slowly creeping back to being cluttered again. Isn't that always but, how it goes? But I I had a, a my uh, half smoked joint in my bamboo cigarette holder, and it was just too. You know, it was just crying for me to smoke it up. You know, just, it had to be done. <laughs> just calling your yeah. name. Yeah, it, it shows you that I've been locked down for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so actually, let, let's start off with that. I'm I'm curious if you have um I don't know a memory of you say the first the first time you smoked up. Was there any memories of that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah how, how was that? Yeah, I have a, Oh, because I was 17, I I was a. Uh, I I guess you can call me a blues musician at the time. I was in a group. I was in a band. Uh, 
And um, I was at a jazz club in Calgary. And the great thing about the jazz club, it was the only place that was open, you know, where they spoke English, you know, and, <laughs> and played music. And uh, and the the owner of the jazz club, one of the founders, he uh, he, he, would, he had been in California. He presented me with a, a, a joint, marijuana joint, and a um, Lenny Bruce record. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was very serendipity now that I think of it. Yeah. Uh, and so I put the joint in my pocket, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, he, and he, he gave me that look. I've had that look ever since. Uh, you know, when someone uh, gives you something to smoke and you put it in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Take it for later. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, then they go, uh, well, I'll like one of mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, so that's what I did. And, uh, and uh, oh man, it changed my life. The first couple of tokes, and next thing, and because you know that was 1958, I had no idea uh, the effects of the, of the weed. You know, because right. we were we were taught back then. You know, you could you know have babies that with a you know deformed babies. You could have all <laughs> oh, weird wow. weird things that are going to yeah. happen to you. The reefer you know? madness. Oh yeah, yeah, and and so. In the back of my head, you know, I, I was wasn't worried about it, but I, but I, again, I wasn't gonna, you know, jump in and smoke like I'd known it for doing it forever. Right. But anyway, I got I got wow, I got so stoned. I was listening to a a, a song by Ornette Coleman. It was called "Lonely Woman." I mean, that's how well I remember the night <laughs> no that kidding. I got high. <laughs> and. Uh, and I'd never heard music like that before, you know, and I've been, and that really got me totally into jazz, you know, uh, I mean, but I appreciate all the other music, you know, like, uh, I grew up with country music, but, uh, but jazz was the, you know, it's a, it's a living, uh, educational thing, you know, yeah. it's like modern painting. Uh, you, the more you look at it, the more you, you can see different things. And with jazz, you you know, with the weed, I could hear all sorts of things, and I could music, and I could I could picture, you know, uh, because the song was called "Lonely Woman." I I I literally saw a, a lonely woman, you know, sitting in her, you know, sitting in her window, just looking outside. It was so cool, man, <laughs> and, and that was my first time. That's incredible. That's what I think people for years don't uh, didn't understand about weed was that it doesn't just bog you down. It can really enhance experiences, right? Like the way it took you along the ride with the story is uh, is it's a great tool for that. Oh, yeah. Well, it is uh, a a gift from God, you know, without doubt. I mean, we I joke about it, you know, in my act, I used to say that you know the burning bush you know that mm -hmm. you know that appeared to, god appeared to moses in the form of a burning bush and uh and 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 the burning bush said hey mo <laughs> <laughs> come on over hey boy take a good no, deep breath here. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i'm talking to you i'm talking yeah i know i'm burning but shut up listen <laughs> <laughs> this bud's for juice. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. 
Randy, what was your first uh, weed experience like? Do you remember? Uh, it was high school. I was 16. Uh, at a party, had always been kind of like, nah, that's not for me. And then I was just kind of going through, I guess, the right stuff in life to where I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the edge off. All my buddies do it. Let's just <laughs> go for it. And uh, I haven't looked back since. Very much the yeah. same, just in that chill atmosphere and everything's kind of enhanced and you're like, okay, I can really see the appeal here. And then <laughs> now it's just like, I, I like to use it to enhance like my movie watching, my music listening. If I'm building yeah. something, it just helps me focus. And it's 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 nice in the way that it just, it adds to, and I, I can't find a better word other than enhances the experience. Yeah. 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 It, 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 it sharpens what's ever there. Oh, there's my dog. Captain agrees. Yeah. <laughs> and no, uh, the, the squirrel came back. <laughs> I, I swear that squirrel's a comedian, man. You know. Good timing. He, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's fuck with the dog. Come on, hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> may as well. I, I got a great, I got a great going. picture though of of a, a squirrel that got squashed by a truck outside my house, <laughs> and it's in the cement. <laughs> and so I put a uh, put a, a caption underneath the the squash squirrel says, "My body, my choice." <laughs> <laughs> he would do. Uh, fuck. I'm trying to think. I, I, I'm not. I'm not as much of a of a pothead as <clears throat> at least Randy, and, and definitely not, <laughs> definitely not you, Tommy. But um, I'm trying to remember my first time. It was um, also probably high school with the buddies. We had I don't know who rolled the joint or where we got the weed, but it was damp. Like it didn't. It, you get, didn't get anything out of it. it barely lit yeah. the stupid thing, and you're oh, just trying to oh, drag oh, on yeah. it, drag on it. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, this sucks. <laughs> I don't know. If I, I'm <laughs> oh, not gonna oh, uh, oh, you never did get a, did you get a hit off it? I, I tried, and I think it was more of like a peer pressure type, oh, I think I'm high, and you sort of giggle with your buddies, but I don't know if I was actually high. Right. <laughs> oh, no, you were, you were, you were. E- even, even if you get, you know, thinking, oh, why, why am I laughing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, you know, that kind of tips you off that, yeah, you are in that state, you know. We definitely almost burned my buddy's house down at, at uh, it was your house, remember what? At Bronson's bachelor party. Oh yeah, when so, we yeah, it was a buddy's bachelor party, and we're all you know smoking away, having a good time, and then having some drinks too. And then you know, as you do, you tend to fall asleep once once you hit a certain point. And then uh, yeah. we all fell asleep with the deep fryer on with some chicken wings in there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and uh, woke up at four in the morning with some smoke going on. We're like, oh god. <laughs> oh no. Oh, yeah, just awesome. been, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close the door. If it's sure, nothing. absolutely. Yeah, no, that hey, was. Get yeah, it. Come here. Come here. Come here. He definitely doesn't listen to him, eh? No. It is Finn, basically. Yeah. Celebrities are real people too, Randy. That's right. Put their pants on one leg at a time, like that's right. Oh, pants? Do I need pants? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. That's one not. thing about being being locked down like this, you know. You can you can wear you can wear the same thing forever, you know. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I'm wondering we, we normally yeah. start our episodes off by asking our guests kind of as a get to know you, kind of what their favorite movie is. So I'm curious, you in particular, what's your favorite movie? And maybe, not including Cheat and Chong, what's your favorite stoner movie? Uh well, my favorite all-around movie, it's kind of a weird choice, but 
It's by, by Terry Mellick. It's uh, one was one of the first ones that uh, um, Martin Sheen appeared in. Mm. It was, it's it's called Badlands. Okay. Interesting. And okay. It's yeah. my favorite. I, I one time I, I we were booked in uh, in Paul's Mall in, in uh, uh, Boston, I believe, and uh, it was playing in a little artsy theater. I saw it every night for like two weeks. Every <laughs> night I'd sit through it. It's it's a it's a masterpiece. And and when you're stoned, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, because it has everything. It has a story. You know, it has. It's a story about Charlie uh, Starkweather. He was a like a mass murderer. You know, mm-hmm. a killer. And but it shows it, it like they why and how it 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 came to that. And it's so innocent and so well. You got to see it. Oh, Badlands by by uh, Martin. Uh, what did I say? His name Terry Malick. Yeah, with Martin Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek. <laughs> I'll definitely have to check that out. No, that's, yeah, that, that's gonna be my weekend watching now. Yeah, <laughs> right after this, we'll yeah. start watching. Um, so maybe let's let's start roll into kind of how you got into um, acting and kind of what what. How, Basically, how did Cheech and Chong become a thing? I guess should be the should be the question. Well, I I I was a blues musician, you know, mm-hmm. and a club owner. Uh, I, very first of all, I'm I'm blessed. I, I'm uh, one of these blessed individuals on the planet, mm-hmm. you know, that knows it. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it's like a, a big responsibility to. Um, to share my, my experiences. And uh, what was the question? <laughs> how, how, how did Cheese and Chong happen? Kind of how did your acting career kick off? Yeah, where was the transition okay, from okay, music to okay. acting? Yeah. I, I, I never knew that I grew up acting because we were, we lived in the country and there was like no playgrounds. <laughs> there was no uh, organized anything, yeah. you know, unless the kids organized it, yep. you know, the older kids. And then if they needed some bodies and you were included, but there wasn't a lot of people. And so I had a friend that uh, lived in this big old house that uh, uh, was like an old mansion uh, that was owned by a rancher in Alberta. And, uh, and the it, it, the house had kind of got taken over by the poorer folk, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if they lost money or whatever. Anyway, it was a big mansion, but they had multiple families living in in this mansion. And uh, one of the families, there was uh, two two of the families. There was like six young girls, at my my age and older, uh, living in in one uh, unit. And, and there was, uh, and oh, they each had an older brother. And so I was friend with the older brother, but I would play with, with the girls because they played house uh, <laughs> a lot. And uh, not, not the nasty version. Ah, you know, okay, and every, every, okay. Everybody goes right to that. Yeah. No, this was daytime, you know, and, and we would find a little area to be, be the house. And then we would act out scenarios like like improv you know okay you're the dad or you're the brother or you know and uh and that's really i started acting you know playing make-believe since i since i was a kid and so when when i got uh 
when I when when we got discovered by Motown, then I went on a tour of the the states. But instead of going to uh, blues clubs, yeah, because you know I played the blues. I, you know I didn't have to go go to a club to see someone doing what I was doing, you know? <laughs> and and doing it better, you know. So yeah. So instead of that, I I would go to these uh, improv clubs, like the committee in in uh, San Francisco was the first club that I went into. Right. And it was, uh, it was uh, kind of ordained because, uh, you know, I had a lot of choices in San Francisco at the time. This is 65, I believe. And, and, uh, and so there was this improv club, and I didn't know what it was. It looked interesting. And, and I never had much money at that time, you know. And so, so I paid, a tic- paid for a ticket, went in there, and had the best time of my life in this improv club. Mm-hmm. Like Second City or all oh, all yeah. these, mm-hmm. and they were the best, the best <clears throat> actors on the planet at the time, and writers, and and so phony. And it was around the Vietnam War time, and so they were doing anti-war uh, things, you know, meetings, mm-hmm. announcements, you know, and, uh, and so I got into uh, improvisation, why enjoying improvisational acting, and then, like I said, I was. Uh, uh, very, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, there's something really ordained, something really mm-hmm. spiritual going on in my, in my life, because I ended up in, in uh, Vancouver. Uh, this this guy bought a, a a building, and he had an empty steakhouse in the basement, and so he, he came to us and said, uh, "Would you, uh, to me, basically, would you would you like a club?" <laughs> and I said, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, actually, you know, <laughs> when you're not, in the country, eh? yeah, when you're in the country, when you go up in the country, when people give you things, you take it, yeah, for and sure. you say thank you, uh, you know, I'm sure I go, I'll use it somehow, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, harder to put so, a club so, in your pocket than a joint. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so when they said, "You would you like a club?" It was like, uh, yeah, and then. Uh, we, because we weren't making enough money that we could just play for a living, you know. Yeah. But we ended up, we got a nightclub. And so I designed, named it the Elegant Parlor and <laughs> uh, and started playing. Uh, it was an after hours club, like the jazz club where I got stoned in, <laughs> except right. you could have dancing. And in Vancouver, you could only, it was a bottle club. And so I didn't have to have a liquor license. And so, I ended up gathering one of the best. We had the best band, I, I would say, on the West Coast, with with a singer named Bobby Taylor, and uh, and you know when you have great singers, you know people will travel miles. We used sure. to have a guy. There, it's twelve hours from L.A. to uh, Vancouver, but we had customers that would drive just for one <laughs> night. Wow, twelve hours either <laughs> That's way. Crazy. Just one night to hear Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's uh, sing, and so, so uh, you know that that, and, and so I got I got we got discovered by Motown, and then I I wrote a hit record called Does Your Mama Know About Me, uh, at the time you know like uh, when we got to Motown it was like well do you have anything to record because that's the only reason we should have been there yeah but we were a bar band. You know, yeah, we right. never had a name. Or nothing. <laughs> like, like I said, you know, 
I'm I'm still getting trying to get over the fact that I I own the club. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember and, you. And I but, remember reading something about that one of one of your your first band name ideas was was a bit uh, offensive, and you had to change it. <laughs> what's that again? Oh yeah, the 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 name of the band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's what what showed you I, 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 how I got into comedy. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, the, yeah, because we're a bar band, <laughs> and we said, okay, we need a name of the group. <laughs> and and uh, there was a group in Texas called Ten Screaming Ends. <laughs> 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 and so we said, why don't we call ourselves Four Ends and a C? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we put it on the marquee. Yeah. We said, that was that's funny. We put it on the marquee. <laughs> <laughs> and... and even we, it was a joke to us, but that night we never had anybody. No one came in the club. <laughs> no one, no one wanted, was anxious to see four ends in a seat, <laughs> except one very large, tough black lady wrestler named Lottie the Body. Oh, she, she was also a stripper, but she was a wrestler, <laughs> lady wrestler too, <laughs> and she sat in the. Well, the only seat, she was the only one in the club, and we're playing, and halfway through our set, she goes, well, I see the end, but where's the seat? <laughs> now, my, now, my dad, who is uh, Chinese, he took offense. He didn't know what was on the marquee, because yeah. I don't think he ever looked up. Uh, you know, he just... Uh, he was, but he he took offense because when she said that word, you yeah. know, that triggered it. And so he goes, uh, uh, he went over to give her a lecture. You know, we don't have that kind of talk in here. And, <laughs> and she she picked him up and body slammed him on the dance floor. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and and it's my dad, so yeah. I threw my guitar down and I jumped down there and she body slammed my ass on the dance floor. <laughs> And and all the ends were laughing. They were laughing so hard they couldn't stop themselves. And, <laughs> and so anyway, that 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 night we had to change their name to uh, Four Colored Guys and a Chinese Lad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that didn't work. That didn't work either. No. Uh, <laughs> but then Motown, Motown, uh, they said, "Okay, you're the you're the Vancouver." We started out the Vancouver group, and then it turned out to be Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we we had a hit record. And everything like I I am blessed. I swear mm-hmm. to God, because uh, uh, no more than we get going. You know, like the Vancouver's, we ended up in England backing wow. up Chris Clark. Right. We we ended up uh, jamming with Jimi Hendrix. He came to the gig. And uh, and so and he wanted he 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 come up to the stage. We had just started playing and, and almost the first set, and it was the first set. And he come up and he said, "Hey, do you mind if I sit in?" <laughs> and I was I was so tempted to do that that old Canadian bar thing and say, uh, "Maybe the last set, Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> we're 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 working on some new material." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're real artists here. Jimmy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I said, I took off my guitar. He said, no, I want to play the bass because he's a left-handed guitar player. 
but he could play bass and (laughs) and our poor bass player Wes Anderson I don't think he ever got over that (laughs) his 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 only chance to play with Henry and he has to sit down (laughs) oh no oh terrible but we played we played for a whole night in fact the owner of the club had to pull the plug to get us to stop you know and and then we went back to the uh, hotel, and that's when I saw the the power of, of pop music. You know, uh, idols. They were trying to crawl up the elevator shaft to get to the, our room. Oh my I god! I mean, it was it was crazy. The girls turned into ninjas, you know. <laughs> and all they wanted to do was just get next to them and scream, you know. Yeah. It, it was weird, but Jimmy never come out of the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it was vancouver you know we're i'm from vancouver so i know the junkie habits you know yeah yeah, yeah. so so we never really and then i don't know how jimmy got home i guess someone came and got him i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how we go he may hey yeah, maybe he never left he just maybe he left here into the ether man he just became one with the universe and went and jimmied somewhere else yeah <laughs> no no, he he became one with the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So then, how did how did the music how did the music transition into into you know Cheech and Chong and and stand up and and all that? Well, we were doing good. You know, we had a hit record, and then they they took Bobby. Not they. Not not Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy was a big big fan, but the, you know the Motown people. They split up the group. That's mm. what they do. You know, they took the singer because then you know they they use. Uh, studio musicians and so on and so I, I we ended up the group ended up which were mostly canadian you know at that time because the black guys that we started out with they couldn't get across the border oh, <laughs> wow. they, because of convictions you yeah. know re- priors and all that shit and so we had, we ended up with the best musicians in canada mm-hmm. you know um, eddie patterson robbie king ted lewis or doris maxwell they were the top, you know, Robbie and, and, and Eddie were from uh, Ontario. And so we had the best, best band. We always had the best band with the Vancouver's. And uh, and we were so good that Barry, you know, but Bobby went on his own. So Barry had us backing up Chris Clark, you know, who, the, who we backed up in uh, in uh, England. And so I was at it. But I, but I was trying to get a, a green card. You know, because uh, we've been <laughs> voluntarily, uh, uh, you know, excluded or deported from uh, uh, Detroit uh, to Windsor a couple of a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, we got a hit record. So I said to Barry, "I need a, a green card, or we need a green card." And so we're playing a game, you know. And when you deal with immigration. When they give you a time, you got to be there. Yeah, you got to yeah. be there, and if you're not, they'll put you at the back of the list again. You know, <clears throat> and so I had we had to go to the the our meeting at on a Saturday, and it was right in the middle of the gig that we were playing with uh, Chris Clark, and so I told the the road manager, you know, Johnny Bristol, I remember his name. Uh, he. Um, I said, you know, I got to miss Saturday. Because, oh, no, Wes and I. I thought if I take the bass player with me, you know, <laughs> uh, it would uh, would would be serious enough, you know. And so Johnny Bristol said to me, 
if you if you miss a gig, you're you're fired, you know. And I never really had time to deal with the guy, so I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so I, we went back, did the interview, got the green card, and then I went to go back to the gig, and there was only a ticket for Wes, oh. none for me. <laughs> so, so I got the hint, but I had my girlfriend and my my uh, love child at, at the motel waiting for me, so I couldn't really, uh, you know, I had to go back. Yeah, and so I got the ticket. I went back, and as soon as I walked into the club, uh, Johnny Bristol said, "You're fired. <laughs> yeah. Take your shit and get out of here." And so I went back to the motel where my girlfriend, now wife Shelby, was there. And I said, "She goes, oh, you're home early." I says, "I got fired." <laughs> And she said, oh, that's good, honey. Come to bed. That band sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that's support right there. Yeah. And it was right there. And so then we're watching a movie called uh, I Love You, Alice B. Tokus by uh, with uh, Peter Sellers. And it shows uh, Venice Beach and all this glory. And, uh, <laughs> oh, shit. We're, we're in Detroit. It's kind of <laughs> rainy, snowy, you yeah. know, that that icky ugh, mm-hmm. weather and we're in a all night 50 cent movie theater you know with people passed out all over the place mm-hmm. and so i said let's go to california mm-hmm. and and shelby yeah let's let's go to california so uh barry gordy called me i think the next day or then uh, later that week maybe and he said, oh, Tom, this has been a mistake. You're not fired. And I said, ah, I think I, I think I'm going to stay fired. Barry. <laughs> I said, I said, uh, I, I want to become a Barry Gordy. I don't want to work for one. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, and he said, he said, I, I respect that. Mm-hmm. So he gave me a nice uh, severance pay. And so I ended up taking my uh, girlfriend back uh, to, to California. And then I, sent for my wife and kids because I couldn't leave them in Detroit. <laughs> and so, and my wife, my wife's uh, brother was, uh, is Floyd Sneed, you know, the uh, drummer for the Three Dog Night. And so, so Floyd had a setup in, in LA already. And so my, my wife and my two uh, older daughters, which one was just here uh, just now, she, uh, they, so they settled in in uh, Los Angeles, and uh, and then I went up to Vancouver, and uh, started an improv club in a um, in one of a strip club. We got after I got given that one club, another friend gave me a, a, a dinner a dinner club, and so I turned it I turned it into Vancouver's first strip club, and and uh, historic. Yeah, yeah, what I was, else do you do, right? I, I was the first one. And then when I went back there, the show was so boring. I thought, I got to get these girls acting, you know, because right now they're they're just showing their their wares, you know. They're yeah. really beautiful and funny when they come in. They're young, funny, gorgeous. And so I turned the strippers into an improvisational club <laughs> uh, uh, team. And then for, uh, you know, they needed guys, you know, straight men or, or comedians like me. And, and that's, uh, so the doorman, I said to, to Dave, because the, the, I had a floor show, you know, that I 
turned into a strip show. But the <laughs> Taps Harris, the, the MC, black tap dancer, who used to just introduce the girls, you know. Uh, <laughs> the first bit we did was called the Pajama Party, where the girls uh, pretended they're having a pajama party on stage. Right. And they come in their street clothes, and they strip down into their pajamas. And then, and then, then Taps... And Jeannie, the singer, comes over, you know, uh, to visit the girls. And, and then the, the girl said to the Taps, why do they call you Taps? And he's, well, I'm a tap dancer. Well, then show us, because he had never tap danced on the oh, show. Okay. And so, and so he, he, he tap danced, and he was good. Man. He was so good, he got, he was so good, he got an encore. <laughs> At a strip club. And, there you go. And, yeah. and, and, and as soon as he, soon as he finished that encore, he said, he quit. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the reason he became an MC was because he was too old to do the tap dancing. Oh, right. And so I, I, I almost killed him. Uh, <laughs> killed him, the poor guy. And so Dave and I, uh, I, I, I said, well, Dave, you know, I said, I need an MC. And Dave said, well, I'll do it if you do it. And so I said, okay. And that's how I got involved in the, in the improv part, and then we had a straight man. Oh, we went, we went full uh, actor, you know, uh, theater, and so we we hired a straight man from an acting troupe, and uh, Rick Lenz, and he was really good, really funny. And, and yeah, actors are incredible because they studied so much, they got so much material, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so uh, Rick Lenz was having a great time. And we were starting to pack them in. You know, the people heard about it, and they were coming back in the place. And, uh, in fact, uh, we got a front-page uh, picture in the, in the Vancouver Sun. And it's Rick Lands, the straight man, with girls' titties on either side of him. <laughs> <laughs> his, wife, his wife thought he was uh, doing a little community neighborhood theater. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so Rick called me. Says, uh, "Man, I, I I won't be coming anymore. <laughs> I, I, my wife's not going to let me do that anymore." Yeah. And so then, uh, this mutual friend said, "Knew I was looking for an actor," and he said, "Well, I know this guy. You know, he's really funny, and uh, the name is Richard. He's a writer for uh, P- uh, Poppin' Magazine." And so uh, I went out to meet him, and that was the first time I saw Cheech. And, I, you know, I, I'd never, you know, they asked me the other day about how I got into, you know, the Mexican thing, you know. And I said, Cheech was the first Mexican I'd ever met. And, and he lied. He never, he, he, I never knew. No one knew what he was, mm, you know. Right. He, he was up in Canada dodging the draft, so he was he was like <laughs> being wanted by the FBI. So Shit. I don't think he wanted too much publicity at the time. Well, that backfired, but, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, what happened? Uh, he had no problem getting it back into America because he, he you know, he, he bored someone else's ID. It kind of looked like him, but not really. Right. But you know, at the time, don't give a shit, you know, about yeah. the border. And so he walked in, and uh, <laughs> and I, we'd be on stage, and I, and I would, 
I'd fuck with him. I'd say, hey, any FBI people here tonight? And she would be back saying, shut the fuck up, man. That's not funny. Come on. <laughs> what, what, what do you say, like, the, the, the longevity? Because even people now, I had told a couple of people before we recorded this that you're coming on the show, and one of the guys is 19 years old, and he immediately perked up. He's like, Cheech and Chong, everybody knows Cheech and Chong. Right, I mean, like, literally uh, a, a staple, like, in culture. Right? Yeah. Oh, oh, totally, totally. We knew. I, I knew that right from the beginning, you know, that um, we were so special. There was something <laughs> so special about it because he is naturally funny. Yeah. I mean, sure. you know, and, and, and then he tries to be straight, which makes him even funnier <laughs> because, because I know, I know what's going on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, no, when we, we didn't know, you know, I didn't know he was that funny because I had that other partner, Dave, was the funny guy, you <laughs> right. know, even, even funnier than me. I was always kind of like the, 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 you know, the slow, <laughs> the slow guy, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but Cheech, man, oh my God, the talent, Whew. he's a <laughs> singer, he can sing, he's got this photographic memory, you know. And uh, the only thing he doesn't have is the the balls that I got, <laughs> <laughs> which works that's, out. Sometimes you need from, that that in a partner. Oh, totally, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yin and yang, Cheech and yep. Chong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's perfect, perfect uh, marriage. You know, Absolutely. even when we broke up, even when we broke up, you know, uh, it was. Uh, it was weird because I, I I I studied you know I went became a stand up comedian solo and and Cheech uh, became an actor you know and uh, uh, you know actor was uh, yeah acting and 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 working with Don Johnson eventually you know but in but in the beginning I'd I'd be on stage and I used that uh, that Sam I I was a big fan of Sam Kennison. Mm-hmm. And so I would, uh, you know, go into Sam's show every once in a while. He'd he'd say, uh, you know, he'd talk about um, you guys, uh, you know, whose girlfriend did him wrong. You know, what's that bitch phone number? You got her phone number? Yeah, well, phone her up. <laughs> and so he they'd bring a phone out, and the guy would dial the girl from his home, and then Sam would get on the phone. Hey, you bitch, you cut you whore. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's phenomenal. And uh, so I would, uh, every once in a while, I'd phone Cheech. Hey, Cheech. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> hey, Cheech. Everybody, uh, everybody wants to say hi to you. Everybody say hi to Cheech. Hi, Cheech. <laughs> what are you doing? Cheech, what are you doing? Uh, I was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> and when he, when he heard the crowd, he, he heard that, you know, I'm, Doing well in the stand-up circuit, you know, making money and <laughs> having fun. <laughs> and I would phone him up every once in a while and remind him, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> and eventually, <clears throat> he started trying to get paid for for being part of the act. <laughs> I mean, that's and ballsy. So I, quit, yeah, sure. so, so, so I quit phoning him. <laughs> Oh, that's incredible! I, I I don't know. I I can have so much fun with Cheech, man, uh, because like, like we know each other so well, and and he uh, 
again, you know, he's got a photographic memory, you know. So so he can you can do stuff and he'll remember every line, everything. <laughs> right. That's why he's such a good actor. Yeah. You know? But but lately, you know, there's not a lot of roles for uh, aging Mexican uh, <laughs> comedian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, uh, whose household, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, there's there's there are there are some, you know, but it's uh, not fun. The acting's not fun. Yeah, you know, because you you got people telling you what to do all the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. All the time, they're telling you when you can eat. Okay, you got five minutes. You can eat. You have to go to the bathroom. You know, it's like, like it's like being in. I wouldn't say prison because I was in a camp. I'm talking. It's like being in, yeah, under lockdown. You know, yeah, yeah. witness protection program or something. You know, <laughs> so it's 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 not a not a fun gig. Yeah. That's why a lot of actors, you know, you, you see them on the screen, you think, oh, they're so beautiful, they're clever, they're, they can see all this great stuff, you know, but then you meet them in person, they're fucking idiots, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and no offense to you guys. Yeah. Oh, but, we're not but, actors. But, but, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, you're idiots. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, 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 so that's why you got to, you know, like Clint Eastwood, you know, he was, I never knew he was a bigot until he got on there and started knocking Obama. Come on, Clint. And we haven't really heard from Clint since then, you yeah. know, in in, a, in, a, in that way, you know, because before that, well, look at look at Aaron Rodgers now, yeah. you know, yeah. this football hero, you know, won the the the, the everything in the you know, Super Bowl and. and you know he's a big hero, and kids look up to him, and and, and he comes on with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. And, he, and he, these are athletes that get poked with everything, cortisone, yeah. anything to yeah, get them yeah. to play. You know, they'll <laughs> stick a needle anywhere, anytime. <laughs> but then he doesn't want to stick one in his arm. Yeah, like, yeah. I just heard a story. Of... I just heard a story recently that I don't know if it's true, but I, someone was sharing it. It was a. a allegedly a doctor or a nurse from a um, vaccination clinic and a lady came in I assume in the US but I don't know she came in and she asked if, or she, she was saying no no I just want to get my shot through my shirt sleeve and the nurse is like well no we're not going to do that you can't do that she's like, she was trying to insist come on put it just put it through my shirt sleeve and the nurse was like, no. And eventually they convinced her to pull her sleeve up. And she had taped a chicken breast to her to her <laughs> bicep so that she wouldn't actually get the shot. <laughs> like, it's too it's too bullshit to not oh, be true. Man. You know, like that that is impressive. I, I, I commend her chutzpah to even try it. <laughs> but but uh, did they give her a shot? I have no idea. Breast? I don't know how it ended up. I think they, uh, I think she did end up getting the shot without the breast. But <laughs> well, no, I, I I got friends, you know, or ex friends that that refused to get the vaccine, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we've always known they've had that kind of that weirdness, you know. I I I, I got a lot of Trumpy friends mm, because right. they're they're very wealthy <laughs> and i realized they're very wealthy but they like being around famous people because uh you know their wealth don't don't get them a restaurant yeah don't their wealth doesn't get them recognized you know yeah right, right. Uh, and, and but then i realized man 
why do I have so many Trumpy friends? <laughs> I guess because I'm like a the the low <laughs> the low brow uh, celebrity <laughs> <laughs> that will actually hang with these yeah. these, yeah. these guys. You still got status. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but they're my people. Yeah. Like Cheech and I, we almost well, you know, when we had our show, uh, you know, the, with with my wife in the show, Shelby in the show, and and Cheech. Our our audience got more and more hostile because they were Trumpies. You know, right. they they started out as just Cheech and Chong fans, and then when Trump came on the scene, they became Trumpies. Yeah, and you know, and so so I understand my Trumpy friends because uh, I don't think you know I really don't think I have any wealthy non-Trumpy friends. <laughs> If Trump were to call you up and be like, "Hey, Tommy, uh, uh, Tommy, I can't even do. I'm trying. I'm, I lost my. He's been out of office too long. I lost my impression." If he, if he's like, "Hey, let's let's talk one up." Would you sit down with with DJ and and, and split a joint? Uh, uh, or Trump? Yeah. Oh fuck yeah! In a minute. Well, like I said, I hang with Trump. Yeah. I I one of my friends. I won't name him, but <laughs> he uh, he got the virus. Almost died. I, I did a record. We did a record uh, for him, trying to, you know, thinking that basically he's not going to make it. Yeah. Well, he made it. He made it because he had wealth, and and so they they found the right cocktail and you know all the right mixtures or whatever they they found. It worked, and he made it. But he insists, you know, that 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 Trump is is, is you know. Is the savior, he, he, you know, and, and we had to do a, a golf outing and I had to ride uh, like about 50 miles with him. And we had one of the most heated arguments ever <laughs> that I've ever had mm -hmm. because, you know, and we both had to agree, at least he agreed, you know, or his wife told him to shut the fuck up, you know, <laughs> as they do, you know, don't, yeah. don't be talking this Trumpy shit. Uh, to, to me, and then I, 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 I had to step step back and, and, and get off the militant thing and and realize these people are are lemmings, you know, they're they're, they're destined to do what they're doing, mm. and and it doesn't help uh, changing their destiny, you know. Uh, sure, and and, and many of and, people don't want to change their minds anyway. So, but uh, let, let's pivot real quick. We're running out. I don't want to steal too much of your time. I'll happily talk to you all day, but of course we're limited on time. So, um, as as a Canadian, we had a question from one of our one of our Patreon patrons. Shout out to Craig, who asked, uh, "Where did you prefer living, Edmonton or Calgary?" So on also on Canada, how did you feel when Canada legalized weed? <laughs> well, I, I I I loved. I always loved Edmonton. Okay. Because I'm I, I was from Calgary. Ah. It's like going into uh, you know enemy territory, <laughs> yeah. right. and, and, and they had more beautiful black girls in Edmonton. We had, we had a, we had a few in Calgary, but Edmonton was like ooh. They got a, <laughs> <laughs> in fact, my the mother of my uh, oldest daughter was from Edmonton. Ah. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, I, I loved Calgary. I loved my life. I, I loved every. Every bit of my life, wherever I was, you know, mm -hmm. 
home is where, where I'm Mueller, right? where I'm yeah where I'm standing is holy ground yeah. what was the other question <laughs> how how, uh, how pumped are you when Canada legalized weed and also why hasn't the uh, the Americans yet why haven't they gotten on board? I, I was it was kind of mixed because they legalized it but at the same time they said no celebrity endorsements oh did oh you know? yeah yeah and so I felt they were looking right at me when they said that but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, because I'm the most famous Canadian stoner there is. So it's like, okay, we'll have a legal, but not for Tommy Chong. You know? yeah. And and I've had that all my life in Canada. Yeah, you know, because I'm a I'm a minority. And then I just found out I'm I'm eight percent native, on oh. top of everything else. Okay. On top of being half Chinese and <laughs> half white, I'm part native. And, and, yeah. <laughs> so life, life was really tough. Yeah. No, when they legalized it in Canada, you know, I thought it's typical Canadian. You know, this typical Canadian. Uh, you know, like their football rule. You know, they got a yard in between the scrimmage. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Because it is one, two, three, pass, one, two, three, pass, one, two, three, kick, one, two, three, kick, one, two, three, kick. Canadian football. You know? yeah. Why do they? Why? Why can't they adapt? Adopt American rules? No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. I gotta fight. We gotta fight you on that. We're big CFL heads here. We can't. Uh, no, no, no. I much prefer CFL. Why? <laughs> Almost exactly because, because you're Canadian. Okay. Well, no, not not even not even. It's almost exactly because the because it's quick. It moves the the three downs. There's more throwing. It's it, it's more it, action. It feels like the games are never really over. Like if it's close in the last five minutes, it never you know really you're feels doing? like it's over. Yeah, but you know what you're doing? You're changing the rule. You're changing the rules of chess <laughs> to make it faster. <laughs> Fair, fair, fair. No, I understand Canadians. They like to get shit overdone fast because most of their sports is outdoors and you're freezing your balls off and you want to get it over with so you can get in the house. I mean, I understand that. I understood that with hockey. I understand that with curling. I understand that, you know, get this shit over. Don't just stand there because if you're in the the coldest place, you just stand there, you can die. <laughs> so you yeah, we're from southern Manitoba. We know the cold. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely gotten frostbite in my ears from the outdoor rink for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting perspective. Okay. I didn't think of that, but yeah, that makes That's sense. Phenomenal. I do have a quick question for you, kind of to allude to what Reg had said before. How does it feel to know that you've left this legacy, that you're forever going to be? ingrained in the culture of society and stoner culture specifically which is such a tight-knit group does it feel kind of strange to be like holy shit like i am this person my name's probably gonna live forever how does that feel to you you know i i wish i could say you know i'm overwhelmed and in <laughs> awe you know i'm not <laughs> because i I live with this guy. I know he's not what they think he is. <laughs> and, and, and it's not, no, what, what, what I do, I, I, I kind of revel in the fact that, uh, that my early spiritual training has 
really proven out to be the right path, you know. Right. And, uh, and, and, and that's the joy. Because the only thing you really take with you when you die is your reputation. Right. You see, that's the only thing you take. Now, if it's good, you know, you know, the guy could do a lot of things, but you know, there's, there's that old joke. Uh, we're on cable. We're on cable, right? On cable, right now. I mean, we're on. Uh, we're not network or. No, no, no. It's are, are, yeah, we can talk, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I can say uh, uh, like a dirty swear, joke. Swear all you like. Yeah, do whatever Absolutely. you like. Yep. Yeah. See the internet. There's a, this, this great builder, and he was about to commit suicide, and and they're trying to talk him off the 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 bridge, and they wanted to know why he was committing suicide. He said, "Well, you see this bridge." He says, "I designed it. I had it built." And you see that building over there? Yeah, I designed it. Have it broke. That boat and that boat, I designed it. And boat, you know, I, I designed it all. He said, but do you think I get any credit for that? No. He said, but suck one cock. (laughs) 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 You see, you, you, you see what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the only thing you've got to leave is your reputation. <laughs> it's like they say, yeah, you so, can so, you can do all these great things. Yeah, you yep, suck one dick and you're a cocksucker for life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that was that's an old Cheech joke too. Cheech Cheech has got he collects them. Like I say, he's got a photographic memory and a pornographic memory. And he forgets <laughs> He forgets what he knows sometimes. I had to remind him, you know, Cheech, you know this. And he goes, oh, oh, yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been incredible. We're, we're running up on uh, almost an hour here. This is what we kind of had you for. Um, oh, yeah. Any, um, any, any final, let's go do a shout out to, to Canada. What, what's your favorite memory of growing up in Canada? And uh, yeah, let's do that. My favorite memory, oh, I got it all. Oh. My whole life, yeah, I, I loved everything about Canada. You know, I, I, you know, I'm 83, so I go back to the 40s, mm-hmm. to the 40s, and I, I remember when, like, early in my life, my I was in the hospital because I, my mother had TB. She was. Uh, segregated for five years. Wow. Uh, I didn't see her. And then I was in the hospital because I had a little spot on my lung. And and so I spent a year in the hospital and then a, a year in the in a orphanage, the Salvation Army home in Calgary. Mm. And and that's where my brother learned how to fight. And that's where I learned how to, how to stay out of the way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so every memory of, of, of Calgary has been very vivid, very vivid. And the reason I got into the spiritual uh, realm was uh, the only, when you're poor, the only uh, reason you have to dress up is to go to Sunday school. Yeah, right. <laughs> you 
you know, and then you got to put wash and do your clothes, you know, wear nice yeah. clothes and, mm-hmm. and wear shoes. <laughs> 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 and so, uh, I, early on in my life, I got turned on to uh, the 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 gentleness of of uh, the spirituality. I, I didn't know what spirituality at the time, but I do now, and it was a very spiritual uh, journey. And then I then I, I became chosen. Uh, I don't know how it, it happened because I, I went to also around that time I went to I had to I went to Bible camp first, uh, which was really beautiful because like my brother went too, but my brother he was like older, three years older, and so they were climbing trees and <laughs> doing everything bad, you know, you know. Uh, me, I'm listening to all the the teachings and, and learning. So I so I learned a lot of uh, spiritual habits, so to speak, you know, right. and and uh, I even even just lately I've been ta- I I feel the way to save the world is through movies, like you like you said, what's your favorite movie? Mm-hmm. Movies, movies are really our our Sunday school, you know, because all movies, all really good movies, they, they have the same structure. Someone once told me about a playwright. They compare it to a shipwright. Uh, again, when they build ships, there's a one guy that has to look at everything. And he's called the shipwright, mm-hmm. and he has to make sure that everything's all the elements are in place in order for the boat to sink, to right. float, to float. And a playwright is the same thing. In order for a play to work, you have to have experts come in and make sure that the beginning, the middle, and the end all work. And you got all the elements in the play. Right. Well, that's what I love about movies is that movies give you, like, you need playwrights in, in movies. And so if you do movies of, and while television's is, is really doing doing the job right now. Oh, for sure. And the yeah. news, like the news is doing the job. You know, the news is showing you uh, what happened, you know, back in the day. Because when I grew up, you know, there was, uh, everything was controlled by, by big business, more or less. <laughs> you know, uh, all those uh, paranoians that, that, that are, are floating around, you know, with the Trumpies up here and probably in Canada too, yeah, mm-hmm, absolutely. Is, is, is just falsehoods. It's just ignorance and, and it's uh, easy answers, yeah. you see. See, the, the, the truth is there, there is there is easy answers, but people tend to ignore them because they would rather look for something more spectacular or more fitting their 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 vision narrative yeah yeah their own narrative and uh so i i i feel that making the right movies is is what's uh, going to help help us and then if i figured this out if if we do say farm workers for instance if we make a movie about farm workers and then have them paid as actors with all the benefits, with all the uh, health benefits and, you know, the schooling and, uh, and all the, the work hour benefits and everything else. And then you make a movie of it, you see, 
and that would force people to to not to pe to be you know uh, ignorant and mean to to their yeah. workers, which yeah. which they are, you know, and, and and it would like it would shine the light because that's what movies do. You can't have a movie without light of course. shining, right? And you can't have evil with light shining on evil because once you expose anything bad or anything you know that's what the light is that's mm -hmm. what they that's what's considered holy is is the light in other words you see it to see what's really happening and not hide it not hide it so uh, that's how i see uh uh us evolving because we have now we have the ability to to do a movie with our phone yeah yep we each have a, and we all do we all do. Oh, I, yeah, I just okay. watched. Uh, I just watched a, a, a documentary about uh, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. I love Lucy. Yeah. And the reason it was so good because he had all these home movies that were shot with sixteen millimeter and they were shot good. They weren't no sound, but you didn't need sound. Yeah. You know, with with Desi and that. And so it, we have that ability now. Each of us, we each have the ability to be our own to make our own movies and which we're doing and and uh, so we're we're coming into a a period of our our existence where there would be no wars like they used to have you know just think about the the way they used to fight wars <laughs> they had these long ass swords <laughs> face to face shields on shield basically biting each other long spears with with, with big knives and shit on the end of that <laughs> yeah and then they had daggers and, and the reason we have a handshake is because some guy you to make sure you don't have a dagger in your hand i mean this is the way people used to live and if you looked at someone wrong they would cut you in half with your sword <laughs> right, you know yeah. that used to be the way they lived and then they evolved to to now we have weapons and now we've evolved to the fact that we're finding out it's not really good to shoot people for no reason, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so we're yeah. evolving. And now we're at a point in our society where marijuana or weed is essential mm -hmm. and alcohol, alcohol is not, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's a good twist, uh, you know, yeah. and we, we have, uh, we don't have to go to war anymore. There's no more wars they stopped them yeah there's skirmishes and there's the the battle between good and evil which will always be but i'm talking about wars where americans get on a, a troop train or whatever and go and right. to die for some stupid reason now we got drones to do that shit now so 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 now we have to figure out how to live in peace and and this is what we're doing now yeah we're right. sitting we're sitting and talking to each other mm-hmm we're finding out, you know, we're, we're communicating and, and we don't yeah. have to be in the same room. Now we can be <laughs> in different countries. So, so we're, we're, we're always in the middle, yeah. you know, no matter how you look at it, we're always in the middle. And, and with me, like, like, uh, you know, what, what, what's, how do I feel about, uh, I don't look at the past because no reason to. I look at the past memories that I like because that's all right. I have. That's all. That's all we are ever have. 
and I never worry about tomorrow because it never comes. And, uh, and, and, and as long as I got a nice supply of uh, good cannabis, <laughs> That's all, that's all I need. <laughs> what that. else is there? That's, that's, Absolutely. A, that's a good that's a good way to probably dial it. Real quick, I wanted to ask, how much improv was involved with Leo's character in that 70s show? Any? Was it all scripted? All scripted. Yeah. Every bit of it was scripted. Now, it shows you how clever they are. They knew. They kept me away from uh, Wilmer. You know? <laughs> because they knew that if that... They ever teamed us up with? Yeah. They would lose control of the show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. There was I. I did one improv with uh, Tim, the 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 toolmaker. The, you know the guy that was on the Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. Show yeah, with Tim, Tim Allen. Yeah. With, not Tim, but the, the, his partner. Oh, oh, oh. Um. So what's his? What what's the his actor's name? name? Um, oh, Richard Carn. I don't know. Richard Carn. Yeah. You got it. You got good, it. Good man. Good call. Good call. Good <laughs> So, so I did. Uh, I did a a bit with him, and and I had them a little bit. We're supposed to major something, you know, and I had lived uh, two inches. I, I had them something about two inches, and that was the only line in the whole <laughs> the whole season, in which I was on for five years. That was the only line I I had lived. Isn't that incredible? That's crazy. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. They're in the basement. They're remodeling the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, that that's was incredible. That was the only time, and 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 they never had any talk, any problem with it. But you know, I'm you know as an improv actor, you're very sensitive, uh, and especially to good writing. Yeah, right. You know. You know what I used to do with that '70s show because I had such a, a little role that I would go and sit and pretend like I was in school, and, <laughs> and, and, and I'd be in film school and I'd watch how they direct, yeah, and watch how they move the cameras, watch how they uh, uh, got whatever they wanted out of the actor. You know, I, I the whole the whole vibe was was uh, yeah because I I got bored sitting in my my. <laughs> dressing room you know because you're really in prison when you're doing movies yeah you're not only in prison but they t- yeah they tell you what to wear what to eat what to say yep i swear to god and if you got any personal life it's like uh, okay uh we'll we'll get to that in a minute but right now you're this guy and you got to do this and that and everything else I, I i i wanted to get more money uh so i asked for more money and <laughs> and they and they wrote me out of the show. No, <laughs> no way. And then, see again, everything serendipity. Then I went to jail. Yeah. And so I was gone for that season anyway. Oh, and then, as soon yeah. as I got out, as soon as I got out, they wrote me back in the show. <laughs> no, no extra money, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> oh fuck, that's amazing. That's ah, uh, like I said, we could talk all day. I don't want to monopolize too much of your time. We were told we had an hour, so uh, if, if, feel free to keep talking, Tom. If you have more, we'll, I'll sit here all afternoon and listen to you. Listen to you go, whatever you want to do. Well, I uh, yeah, I got a few more minutes. Have you got any more questions or something that you thought you never? Oh, never Randy, asked, coming to mind. Do you have anything on the docket? Oh boy, 
I had all my notes so on my got, computer and they're gone. Um, so you got you guys ran out of shit too. Huh? No, okay. <laughs> like I said, we can definitely dive into stuff. There, there's a lot of a lot of deeper stuff. So, as far as, so are you in Winnipeg now? Uh, just south of Winnipeg. Just outside. Yeah. just outside of Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. Cheech is on his way to do a movie there with Woody Harrelson. Oh, I believe. Yeah. Well, Woody Harrelson, I know, is in town now. Cool. Yeah. So he's on there now. Oh, okay. I gotta wrap it up. My uh, my parole officer just walked in. <laughs> All right, Tommy. This has been a blast. Appreciate it so it's much. Been great, man. Oh. Thank you very much. Hey, let's let's do it again, man. Anytime. Absolutely. You say the word. <laughs> I, I like hanging with the Canadians. You know. <laughs> All we about- need is a case of, case of beer. There, we can be Doug and uh, oh, well, Bob and Doug McKenzie we'll prepared. Bob Take and off, Doug McKenzie. Yeah, hey, sorry, boot Yo, that. Hosers. Take off, you especially, hosers. Especially the peg guys. Yeah, absolutely. No, we we were the stereotype for sure. Uh, yeah, next next time we'll talk about the peg because I I got some really good peg stories. Oh, damn! Okay, sounds good. Well, we'll, we'll do it for sure. Let's let's talk soon. Okay, bye bye. Cheers. See you bye. later. <laughs> well, Randy, that was a treat. Well, we know we got a part two in the works now. Hundred percent, hundred percent. We have to do that. He's I mean, gonna. He's probably gonna know, forget that he told us. Not that, a but. big deal, but like Tommy Chong wants to talk to us again, so like that's cool. <laughs> About Winnipeg of all things. Clean your yeah, no, right? Yeah. Huh? Oh, he's still here. Oh, he's still here. Oh. He's. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't totally leave. The video disappeared, though. Phenomenal. That's awesome. Um. Oh, maybe he's gone. Now, now. he's gone. I yeah. believe. Um. But yeah, that was. That was Mr. Tommy Chong. Everybody knows who Tommy Chong is. Um, and and that's do. what I mean. Like, just someone who, like, forever, it'll be part of the zeitgeist. Yep. Like th- like I said, uh, I, I had never fully watched a Cheech and Chong movie, um, but I was watching some clips in preparation for this, yeah. and, and I, it's it's great. Like, I was, I was literally giggling on the couch. Yeah. This no, <laughs> totally it's, it's sober. It's all classic, and it's, like, it's stuff that are our parents watched and probably thought was hilarious too. Right. Like it's just, yeah, it's cool how it works across so many generations. And even, even with weed being legal, um, we don't, you know, it still holds that same kind of sway. Like there's still like stoner culture, even though it's legal. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the stoner culture is such a, it feels like such a tight knit group cause it's just been woven over so much time. Yeah. Because it was a really niche thing, and now it's becoming very mainstream, much like nerd culture is, right? Shit like that. Yep. So the community tends to stay tight, I think, and that helps the longevity of things. Absolutely. No, that was that was a treat. You and I were both pretty nervous before it started. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, and then he showed up, and he's delightful. And, I had uh, notes in my head, and I was just like, no, they're gone. I'm, that's, just, I'm talking to Mr. Chong. That's how it works. That's like when you're talking about, or when you if someone asks you something, it's like, what's your, like, what's your favorite movie? It's like, I've never watched a movie in my life. The minute yeah. you ask that, it's just like, unless I have it ready to go and I'm expecting it, yeah. or like, oh, what's you know, what's your favorite book? <laughs> I don't read. I don't know how to read. <laughs> exactly. It's like it's it it kind of disappears. But I, I was going to mention to him, but he was telling his his music story and that was a blast. Um, apparently the Jackson Five opened for them. I was going to ask. Yeah. Yes, how was Little Michael? Yeah, I love Little Michael. <laughs> um, but then apparently Chong like organized their contract for them hmm. it was he's quoted this is a, a the guardian article i was the lawyer who signed the contract for them he says 
Hold on, I say. You're not a lawyer. Chong laughs. Well, I was the whitest guy they knew. I looked like a Jewish guy, a lawyer. So literally, Bobby Taylor took the contract and gave it to me and said, what do you think? Chong gave it the okay, and the rest is history. So then the Jackson 5 got signed to Motown, thanks to Tommy Chong. (laughs) That's unreal. Unreal. Uh, The man's just making history everywhere he goes. And I, I also especially love it that that he's still proud to be Canadian. You know, a lot of people, when they become naturalized Americans or whatever, then sure. it kind of maybe falls by the wayside a little bit, but he, you can tell he, he still bleeds red and white. So, Oh, absolutely, for sure. Oh, anyway, anyway, Randy, let's uh, check check Tommy out. I mean, if you haven't watched any of his movies, check it out. If every, if you watch that 70s show, we uh, you know him as Leo. Yeah, that's I I'm, I know him more as Leo than I do as yes, Cheech or Chong. Yeah, I would too but, for sure. Um, but what a what a blast! We're definitely gonna have to well, set up. A, so a, now we've had Tommy Chong. So now we need to get what are other prominent Canadian stoners we have to have on? I don't know. You're the, the stoner Park boys. Oh yeah, got to get them. <laughs> Seth Rogen. If I could do the voice, I'd try, but I can't. Try it. I I I don't even know where to begin. Try it. I can't. <laughs> I'll, f- I'll try to formulate something for next time. Okay. Um, also, I need to read. Uh, we got a nice review the other day, and I need to make sure that we. Oh, are we gonna read? It? We gonna read a review, Rich? Yeah. yeah. I don't ever get to see the reviews. They're hard for me to find. Because you're not on Apple. Oh yeah, I'm not a sheep. A man. Sheeple. Anyway, a five star review. Uh, the title is "Great Show" and written by Yeah, he must work out. <laughs> um, the hosts are great, down to earth, and fun slash easy to listen to. I appreciate and, and enjoy their ability to have fun, laugh, and not take themselves too seriously while also including important topics. That's sort of our thing. Yeah. Um, every time I listen, I'm genuinely laughing out loud while also learning. Keep up the great work. Aww. Yeah. Well, thanks. thanks. I know who wrote that. Should I, should I tell you who it was? You tell me off the air. Okay. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he must work out. <laughs> Look at the fun bags on that hose. Huh? <laughs> um, that is basically what we what we try to do. Have fun and, and if we can learn a little something. A little something on the way. A little something, something. You know, learn about Tommy Chong. I have to pee really bad. Okay, let's shut her down. But we need to do... Oh, yeah. So check Tommy out. Follow us on all the stuff. Two Idiots Podcast. um, Or Two Idiots Show on Twitter. Leave us a rating and review. If you like this, please subscribe. Um, And if uh, if you feel like supporting the show in other ways, more monetary ways, feel free to go to patreon.com slash Two Idiots Podcast. Randy, you're familiar with that. Oh, yes. Randy just took my plug right out of my mouth, Randy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> sounds <Patreon>. dirty. <laughs> no, right? Patreon.com slash Tweets Podcast. We got three, five, seven, ten dollar levels for as little as less than a, a uh, what do you call those? The new things from Starbucks. I don't the, go to Starbucks. The sugar cookie oat milk lattes that are now blowing up. Oh, God. It's cheaper than one of those per month to help support the show. <laughs> you just want diabetes. I know, right? It's awful. But, uh, but yeah, for, you know, you get all kinds of perks. You get bonus episodes. Uh, we got quarterly merch draws. We got all kinds of stuff going Which on on Patreon. we owe a quarterly merch Perfect. draw. Perfect. We owe a draw. They, no yeah. better time to sign up. Get in now. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, then, uh, you know, if you, if you donate at the $7 level or above... You get a shout out at the Idiot, Idiot Hall, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. That's right, Hall Randy. Seven dollars and above gets you in there. They are special people. They they look better. They smell better. They probably taste better. They're just a know. better person. They are. Uh, starting with Mr. Brian Moore. Brian. Brian. Thank you, Brian. Next up, can you see this, Randy? I can barely see it. We have. Uh, do we use his company? We'll give him by both. You know, we got. Uh, 
the man behind Canadian History X, just about to get to his 500th episode. He might have by the time this drops, he, actually. He may have. Yep. So if he has by then, congrats, Craig. Mr. Craig Baird. Craig Baird. He also was instrumental in organizing this this Tommy Chong episode. Indeed, so was. thank you, Can't Craig. Thank him I'm going to be meeting him this weekend in person, Very finally. Nice. That's finally. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to make out a little bit. Um, I want video. <laughs> next up, Sir Drew McDonald of the tip. Sir Drew the colonizer. Oh, I forgot. We made we made Brian a knight. He's Sir Brian yes, Moore. And Sir, Sir Brian. Brian Moore. With a, like a Scottish-sounding last name. It's perfect. Sir Brian. Brian of the Moor. Um, but also, thank you. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate the support. Uh, we also have, on behalf of Kayla Lumberg and Jordan Peters, much appreciated, long-time donors to the show. We can't thank you guys enough. Much love, much love. Next up, we have Miss Janet Gooden. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. you. And of course, last but not least, we have Mitchell Buck Pierce. Buckers. Buckers. Buck Pierce. Thanks, Mitch. Much appreciated. So those are the members of our Idiot Hall of Fame as of right now. Uh, Feel free to join them. Like I said, you get bonus stuff. You get uh, 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 entries into giveaways, all these things. Um, and it kind of just helps yeah, us keep the show it. going. You interact with us on Patreon. You know, we're always here. Reg is always here. I'm off. And I usually <laughs> see the post too late to do anything. But, Randy's a busy uh, guy. Yeah, so we'll go there. And then uh, what else do we do, Reg? Um, send us an email at doubleidiotspodcast at gmail.com. I'm doing all your plugs for I you. Know, well, I'd see um, I've been off the show for a while. But man, I'm out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, say hi. Um, reach out to us if you want to be a guest, if you know of a cool guest. Um, yeah, the more the merrier. Yeah. So. And yeah, go out there and the, the best we can help us is, is really leaving those ratings. Yep. Uh, you know, five stars where you can because you love us and we're the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it just helps us kind of jump up the charts a little bit and get on people's radar. And other than that, I think we're out of here. I think we're done. I think in? we're done. We are going to be played out by somebody, um, which I'm going to insert in post. Actually, no, we're going to throw in um, News dropped a new, new track. So... I seem to be plugging every song he drops. You're so. my boy, Noose. Noose. So we're going to do that again. We just did a couple weeks ago, but we're going to do one sure. more. Um, Noose's new track is called... I had it open here. I had it open here. How long can I drag this out? It is called Awake. Um, so definitely check out Noose um, out in Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam. Um, you should use that clip in a song, Noose, if you listen to this. You need to steal now some Rob Williams. She really listens to us. Yeah. Oh, we'll find out. We know. We know. <laughs> um, anyway, folks, we'll hope you hope you enjoyed. This was fuck. This was a oh, treat. It's fun. It's a good time. I, I literally could just listen to him talk yeah, all day long. Me too. Just story after story after story. Um, but yeah. So hope you enjoyed. Tell a friend. Share it around. Like, follow, rate, review. All that nonsense. You know. But we're done with that. All right, folks. We love you. And uh, goodbye. Bye. Soon I'll be going viral. Got me saying holy shit like my verse from the Bible. You ain't got a lot going on. Maybe cut back on the grass, mow the lawn. If your desire to burn more than a forest fire Got you in a short supply Hoping you'll be sure to die Regret, step up to the plate Time to feed, bad Cheap head, cut it off Throw it in a deep end 
Arouse the wolf, shock back a thousand volts. You full of so much shit, it's coming out the nose. You comatose, alone with a loaf of toast. Burns all your bread and instead you got an overdose. Yo, but you blow dope smoke rings. I guess it's time better spent than most things. Oh please, you gotta hop out the basement. Life is like a mirror without light, you can't face it. Waiting time, wasting night, faking out, taking When I'm five-star rhyming Stay alive like the Bee Gees The trees, leaves, dog G's You disappoint like parkies uh, Don't forget to pay your taxes Before I bring your shit down to the ashes Damn, dude, I need a vacation I need to leave the planet Go to a space station Blow up the earth, start a new revelation Fuck humanity, I just bring my PlayStation And the mic, I guess But I digress On my wood, she confesses like a church view Within the first view That was my first clue She might be batshit Bending over backwards For me like a backflip Spit so hard, got a fat lip Drop the mic, cocky like a backflip oh, Waiting time, wasting night Faking out, taking Girl, spoon feed me rice. She looking at me like we outside. Be nice. Froze chrome dome. Got them blind like three mice. Dealt the bad hand. I got a six on all three dice. Yeah. I got it on lock. Corona. Persistent mode. Then the knock of a Jehovah. Spitting so dope. You think I'm not sober. Dope, Yo, dope. you better not. Cause we gonna be up all night. The color Lisa. Cause she's a Mona. In the five star bed sheets. Living life more nice than making ends meet. Bad vibes more rare than my red meat. What time is it now? Oh well, the sun never sets in a hotel. Well, nowadays rappers are too many. I'm about to phase them all out like the penny. Waiting time. 